Welcome and thanks for joining us at the Rex Social Thought Leaders podcast. This is a podcast where we talk to industry leaders about the future of work and other issues that affect us all. Welcome, Samuel, and thank you for joining us here on our podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Sam, for having me on your show. I reached out to you because we have a vested interest in the future of work, coming from a recruitment background and also a social media background. And we had an interesting discussion about the future landscape of the workforce and how it's changing. And that's something I'd really love to talk to you about and hear your thoughts on this, because I feel our audience would really benefit from what you're doing right now um, and what you had to say about it. So go right ahead and let us let us hear your views. Yeah, so, uh, you know, um, I have um, been facing transition since the age of 19. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think uh, when I look at the um, growing needs and change of the market, I realize that the world is shifting very rapidly. And the uh, the book leavers leaders, uh, why did I write the book? Because it's the book I I wish I had when I left uh, my first career. Yeah, it's the book that I I wish that uh, was available, and it's a book that I'm using right now, and it's a book that I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And and the the book highlight the um, the change uh, which I describe uh, the three different I call them the three Ws yes. you know, change at work change in the workplace and the workforce and the fourth uh, incoming uh, digital disruptions um, uh, revolution if you like is really uh, shaping uh, and and disrupting the the way we work and and that is it's quite visible you know the workers mindset are changing. That's very evident, and the workplace is disrupted by technology. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, uh, coming from my first career in Mauritius to, to the UK, working at various level well, with the military and transition from the military, really had um, had an impact on me in in, in many ways. Uh, so far, um, I've I've had about eight careers. Uh, I've successfully transitioned from many industries. I've worked from government, military, uh, business, and third sector. Wow. And and when I looked at the future of work, uh, it looks like there's two things happening. The first first thing is going to be very, very clear that people need to become relevant. Mm -hmm. There's going to be need to uh, learn, relearn, and unlearn the skill uh, that we, we have, or we've had for uh, for the last twenty years, are not relevant for the next ten years. So, Samuel, this is Natalia. How would you advise people then to stay relevant? Like, what would be your top points for people to, as you say, learn and be relevant in such a fast-moving environment? So, the the first thing to become relevant is um, is to identify your own personal skill right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a saying, um, actually it's a book uh, I just read uh, called um, What Got You Here Won't, got, won't Get You There. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and, I, and, I, and I see that in many cases, especially with high-end CEOs, military leaders. You know, Once you are a, a brigadier and have air vice marshal or a general, you have attained certain caliber. Yeah. For you now to, to, to reinvent yourself, to transition to something else is not going to require the same skill. Is going to require completely different skills. So, to start with, people need need to realize what they have. And, and normally, you know, um, it's very simple. Sometimes, when you think about the skills that you have, you'd be surprised at how 
people around you, how much they know about you. I, I use this myself in my personal life. My wife knows more about me than I know about myself. Yes, it's very yeah. hard. Yeah. My, my, my team knows more about me that I, and how I think that I know about myself. So, so the people around you, sometimes you might have to um, uh, ask people that are you're surrounded with, people that you, you know, like, tell to, and ask them, what are you good at? It doesn't mean because, you know, uh, you, you're good at managing people that you cannot be good at creativity. Yeah. So as a matter of fact, I always say that if you are living by your memory, then you are probably behind because you should be living by your creativity. Another thing that we, we, we touched upon that I think would be great for our audience is when it comes to what we su- should suggest our children learn and what they're learning at school and whether that's going to be relevant by the time that they're ready to enter the workplace, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, that, that's a very big problem. <laughs> I have three at home. I have three daughters, 13, 8 and, and, and 4. It is very challenging. And when I when I talk to parents, um, especially Gen Xers, for the next generation, it's actually, um, you know, my, my third daughter is four and she's starting school in September. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's been a report by Deloitte uh, stressing that the, the, the next generation, Gen A, or um, whatever name they want to call it, they are going to be doing jobs that's not been created yet, not even invented yet. Yes. And then, so how, then what do you do? How, how do you prepare them for yes, careers so that so they, exist? One of the things that works very well, and hence why we, uh, have, uh, we're launching the, the Young uh, Leavers to Leaders program. By looking at the needs of the market, I realized, and, and for my own daughters, that because the future of work is changing so rapidly, the only way to, to help them to design the, their, their future is to expose them and keep them relevant. Uh, to the marketplace because yeah, let's put it this way the, we, we all know that the two highest paid uh, job in the world are a Formula 1 driver and a, um, and a heart surgeon mm-hmm. and these, these two jobs can be replaced by AI can be, yes, easily so however we also know that jobs like uh, a, a plumber a, uh, our nanny for example we can't replace them so it's very clear that uh, anything that's very complex can be replaced by AI. Something as non-complex like a nanny and a plumber, electrician, cannot be replaced. So uh, the Young Leavers Leaders is a program, it's a fireworks program that really expose our, the, the, the young leaders uh, for the future of work. And by to do that, we also brought in uh, 17 organizations around, around the, the UK from different industries. Mm-hmm. So they can actually uh, bring the landscape to them. Because I believe uh, the one thing that's um, kind of drive me to where I am today is because I got exposed to a lot of things. Uh, yes. From the age of 19, I was traveling to China to do business. Although there was not much business then at the time, but it was my first exposure to the world. And I think, uh, I believe that uh, you gain more experience by exposing yourself to new environment. So what they need to know now, what do I know now, they need to know it as well. Rather than waiting for them to go through uh, their GCSEs, A-levels, and having a degree, and trying 30 grand, 40 grand debt, and having no clue what to do with it. We need to show them the road, show them the pathway of the future. They can then decide, align themselves with what they want. At the same time, keep them relevant, the future of work. 
Yes. Another thing that we touched on um, when we spoke last was this is the first time that you will have four generations within the same workplace. And obviously, all four generations respond to a certain way of being managed and also manage themselves in a very different way. How do you go about leading a team that has four generations in it? I mean, how does anybody go about doing that? Yeah. Okay. So, um, actually, we 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 as from this year next year, we have a new generation in the workplace that makes it five. So so moving moving from from the uh, traditionalists to the uh, baby boomers, the Gen Xers, people like myself, and perhaps you as well, and then you have the uh, Gen Y, uh, Gen Z, and then the uh, next generation Gen A. To lead them, you got to understand what drives them. You know, uh, the people generation are defined by experience. Yeah. And each of the generation have had different experience in life. For example, the native, the digital native uh, uh, generation are the Gen Y and Gen Z. Yeah. They, they see the world very differently. Uh, uh, they, they, they were born in a time where they grew up with technology. Why someone like myself, I'm not backward, but, you know, I'm, I'm still there. I'm learning. I'm still learning every day. And, and I have to really catch up on the, the new tech technology all, all the time but i'm sure everybody does i i do feel that uh, uh, there's a certain generation that thinks well the youth understand that that's what they're best at and actually at all levels and at all generations and whichever box you fit into you need to have that growth mindset and the belief that you need to continuously learn in order to be successful because technology is changing so quickly even somebody who's 25 isn't being exposed to what 21 year olds are exposed to so we can't just you know think of ourselves as obsolete no of course not but the uh, but leading uh, a team of generation in the workplace requires understanding what drives you all remember myself as a gen xer uh, we were i was raised uh, and by the uh, boomers maybe boomers uh, who's way of life is perhaps very much different from my way of life. Mm-hmm. Boomers were telling you, you know, you have to work hard, son, and you make a living. You know, you're going to make it. You cannot tell that to the, the next generation. We can see uh, the shift in the workplace, uh, which we have right now with uh, remote working. Yeah. I mean, that was not invented by the government. That was invented by the millennials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And hence why remote working is now the highlight, the future. And because the millennial, the Gen Xers brought that into the workplace, someone like myself, who is an, a Gen Xer, really having uh, discovered the, the power of remote working, we absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah. I work remotely. I have a team in Mauritius, a team in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And we we uh, haven't met with my team in the Philippines yet, but I know the team in Mauritius. So mm-hmm. we, we have a what we call a group hug every day where we we meet and we talk for half an hour on mm-hmm. what's going on today or what's happening the next tomorrow or the next week um, so remote working has made it possible for anyone anywhere to work together and that's mm-hmm. a power so samuel can i tie into that you obviously come from a logistics background so you understand the importance of systems and ways of doing things can you talk about how important that is if you're working remotely because a lot of people who haven't worked remotely have this idea that it's all laptop on the beach with a couple of cocktails and do what you want where you want. I'm I'm sure you can appreciate the importance of having kind of systems or programs or however you want to put it. And um, could you talk through some of the ways that works for your remote work? Yeah, 
So I, I uh, for example, uh, yeah, coming from a background of where you need system in place, I think when you're working remotely, you need to have system and processors in place because otherwise you will perhaps most like most more than likely lose control over what's happening. And 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 there are so many so many platforms out there these days where you can log all your communication. I mean I don't really spend much time in the office myself, always out and about. And actually I find out when I'm when I go in the office I, I sometimes create more problems than, than solutions. <laughs> so my team are confused what's happening. So I step away from that, right? They they've they've had a system. They if I know if I want to know what they are doing, I'll just log on to our platform to know how many sales we've done today, how many calls we've had, how many uh, and what's coming for next week and next month, etc. If we what have platforms a- do you use? Well the best platform uh, we, we are using right now is Mon- Monday. Mm-hmm. Monday seems to be uh, uh, quite relevant. You, you can buy the premium version of it, uh, but you you can just you know communicate across the field. If you buy the premium version, actually, it's very very worth it. So by doing that, you, you know uh, currently, for example, we have few uh, free uh, interviews. I did yes last week, Southampton Business School, which are now being edited. So uh, once they're done, they will load that to the uh, to the to the platform. And then my team here will extract it and then distribute that accordingly. So these kind of things, you know, really make life a lot, lot more easier. And I think um, the the important uh, thing as well is to understand in terms of platform and social media is which one works. Yeah. Yep. I tend to spend time mostly on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Twitter, I um, haven't really got, you know, haven't spent time on Twitter a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think um, uh, I should probably try to get my head around around Twitter uh, a lot more. Yeah, no, Twitter is great, actually. Um, Natalia and I, uh, we're actually fans of Twitter. I know a lot of people feel it doesn't really work, but I think it doesn't work um, in the way that LinkedIn and Instagram does. As we always say, each mm-hmm. social platform has its own pros and cons and need to be used in different ways but i think twitter is great in terms of discussions yeah and curation and curation yeah absolutely yeah you definitely need to have a system and and procedures in place to know what's going on i mean i i I don't really control my team i just let them do what they want to do they know the target Mm -hmm. and but if i want to get involved with what's happening uh, i can always uh log on and, and find out and what are the downfalls? What are the what are the bits that, when it comes to remote working, that you think just aren't quite there? Yet? One of the main problem with remote working is uh, well-being, mental well-being. So, if you are working remotely, uh, I did an interview um, not long ago with a CEO. He said to me, he's got an office uh, in Loft, and himself working waking up at midnight. Um, and and he, if he's spending more than two days at home working remotely, he needs to get out. He needs to go meet yes. people, yeah. go to a cafe, go in a library somewhere. But the, that, that connect, connectivity is very important. So when you yes. do more remote working, actually, funny enough, I interviewed someone the other day, and that was actually the first time I, I heard that. I'm the CEO. He, uh, he's got two desks at home, so one for his personal life and one for his work life. And he's, he, he physically switched between those desks. Mm. So he was sat, he's got one, one, one for his uh, work desk in a room, and the other one is further different room. So he will have a mental shift. Because he said to me, there, there'd be days where he'd, he'd be sat in front of his, of his computer and having free cup of tea for a whole day. <laughs> yeah. Putting emails and, and not doing anything. So having two desks is, is a way of doing it. 
But uh, uh, important to, to remember that with um, remote working as well, that, you know, uh, most companies out there have system system that is able to, to monitor what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That means uh, even though you might be working from home, you still are perhaps being uh, monitored. Yeah. And that's quite also very important to remember. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess a lot of that well-being also comes back to those systems we were talking about and, you know, making them work for you, not against you, as in making sure that you kind of set yourself parameters and know when to, as you say, get up and walk away or being organized so you're not feeling like you have to just be continually chasing your tail. True, because one of the uh, talks I had with uh, Dr. David Baxter, he's a professor of technology and innovation at the at Southampton University, is the impact of uh, remote working on the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems to be good and bad. So it's good to have a balance. There's not nothing beats a face-to-face. I mean, David Baxter was saying how sometimes people say it's the energy in the room, it's a vibration, it's something, you know, they just made up. It, it is something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something emotional. It's, it's either it's emotion or it's spiritual, whichever it is. Yes. So uh, that energy, you can never recreate that energy in in uh, when you when you're talking remotely. I'd agree with that. I, I I do think I I think it's all it's all key. But it, again, I think it all comes down to balance, uh, self discipline. But yeah, you do. You always need that face to face, that sit down. That that's not going anywhere. And I think um, you know we we uh, when I when I read about remote working in America, I think some companies actually they've stopped doing that. And it's purely because it's kind of realized the the impact on the organization, the the mental well being for the staff uh, in terms of uh, output mm. is not as great as when you have people in the room. I think they, there's this good and bad. You know, um, yeah, it, it, you just need to be able, as you just said, keep the balance of it. Very interesting. And where can our viewers find your book and what do you have coming up? Okay, so uh, the book is available on Amazon. So you should mm-hmm. just go and, and Google, uh, put in uh, Levers to Leaders. Um, so myself, currently, I am uh, just about to finish the uh, designing the program, uh, the Young Levers to Leaders. Uh, we launched that across Hampshire um, uh, for now. And it's the uh, the aim is to develop 100 young leaders for the future of work. So it's a five weeks program, uh, which we are currently uh, planning with the University of Southampton. And it's, it's going to be to equip. I mean, I have a daughter who's 13, so she's definitely my target and on that program. And that's what we are currently working on. The other thing that... Um, uh, we are running currently is our seven weeks uh, accelerator program for the young, for the leavers leaders, mm-hmm. and that is to prepare um, for people for those that are in the mid careers, that are perhaps uh, feeling frustrated uh, in the workforce, perhaps feel that they can be more, do more, but haven't really realised their potentials. That's the uh, that's what the uh, we are working as a company. That is absolutely fascinating. So be sure to go onto Amazon and buy Samuel Reddy's latest book, Leavers to Leaders, um, especially for those who are in a managerial CEO capacity at the moment. Um, and I'm just interested in how the future of work is going to affect the workplace and definitely benefit from reading that book. And Samuel, thank you so much for taking the time and for agreeing to be on our podcast. We are truly honoured. Yes, pleasure. This has been fantastic. Thanks so Thank you, Natalia. Take care. I'll speak to you soon. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye. 
thanks for listening to the Rec Social Thought Leaders podcast. We were glad to have you along for the ride. Make sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe wherever you get your good quality podcasts. And it would really help if you could go to Apple iTunes Store and leave us a review, preferably a good one. We like good ones. If you have a bad review, probably keep that to yourself. So keep working hard, keep working fun, and we'll talk to you next time on the Rec Social Thought Leaders podcast.